0: Welcome to Dragonheart, the official Wrexham AFC podcast and radio show on Callan FM and available as a pod afterwards. Today we are Neil Williams, Mark Griffiths and Che Long and we'll be talking about the Torquay game, our rivalry with Shrewsbury, and an interview with Mark Jones. again in the corner, he's looking for Hayden. drop back post to Jordan Davis, Is a good header has gone back in, it's 1-0! Yes! Super ball ball in! 1-0 Wrexham! It was coming. The pressure was relentless. This is Dragonheart. Well, Torquay, Mark and Neil, that was, well, Neil, it was spectacular, wasn't it? Oh, It was total
1: football. The whole team played excellent. You know, the passing was slick. You know, they caught us out a couple of times with a ball over the top, which split our defence, but we seem to resolve that. And, uh, yeah, a great game, some great goals. And, you, you know, we struggled to pick a man of the match. I mean, Palmer is, has come on leaps and bounds. You know, he's a lot more competitive, holding the ball up. Um, but the whole team played so well, you know, and six goal scorers, made a huge difference, great atmosphere at the ground. What more can we ask, guys, in a 6-0 win?
0: I have to echo that, Neil. It was, it was a joy, really, for me because I went to um I went to the game as a fan. I don't get to go often. It was my girlfriend's birthday, and I said to her, "You couldn't get a perfect, more perfect birthday game than that." Did you Mark, enjoy it? Oh, she loved it. She goes quite often anyway. She really enjoyed it. Uh, but Mark, six goal scorers in mm. one game, different and all different types of goals as well. Oh, I thought Just, it was rubbish. Um, <laughs> <nothing>. <laughs> um, uh
2: the i mean yes and i guess that tells us something about the quality of the team we've got well maybe not the quality but the fact that we have lots of goal threats i mean let's be honest there have been times recently where we've watched some teams and you think okay there's one or two players there who might score goals but beyond that who can we rely on whereas here We've got goal threats coming from everywhere, haven't we? It's exciting. And I don't know if you saw that the the bizarre stat that I, I managed to dig out uh, on the Wrexham Anorak, that before Parkinson came to Wrexham, the last time we had six scorers in a game mm-hmm. was 1974 against Bretton Ferry in the Welsh Cup. And the last time we'd done it in the league was 1970, And yet, since Parkinson's come, it's happened three times. So it tells you something about
0: our ability to score goals, doesn't it? I thought Phil Parkinson's football was boring.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah, terrible, isn't it? (laughs) Hockey ball. Yeah. That you you know,
1: it was the best game of the season.
0: To be fair, Holton all round playing. uh, uh, Yeah, I hundred percent agree, Neil. But the thing is, though. Look at the results we've had this season so far. You know, apart from the odd little blip here and there, we're we're scoring goals for fun. You know, the only game we've lost is Chesterfield, and they're the the second best. Well, they're at the moment they're top of the league, and they're only a point ahead of us. We we're starting to become an unstoppable, unstoppable juggernaut, Mark. Well, especially at home.
2: More more stats, if you want. So we played ten games now. So if you look back games. over our whole history, we've got 24 points after 10 games. Uh, sorry, 23. That's the second most since we joined the Football League after 10 games. We've got the second most goals after 10 games. We've conceded, what well, is it, the sixth? Eight. Oh, actually, That's not so impressive. That's about the 10th least. All right, fair enough. Um, (laughs) We've got the best goal difference after 10 games since we joined the Football League as well. Uh, it's, It's just phenomenal, isn't it? Most goals by our two top scorers after 10 games, it's the fourth most since we joined the Football League. So all those stats, I mean, this is a flying start of the season, isn't it? Really incredible. Well, it is, I'll, but
1: have you got to take into consideration that there was two points when we joined the Football League and now we're three, more? I've is adjusted
2: that... for that, don't worry. So I've given three ah, right, points okay. to the games, the teams before that rule change came in. Okay,
0: right. I'm going to play devil's advocate now. I've seen a lot of Knox County fans, a lot of Chesterfields fans saying on Twitter and other places, yeah, yeah, you're playing well at the moment, but every time you've come up against a decent side, you've either drawn... Or lost? Neil, what's your reply to that?
1: Do you know, I would maybe tend to agree with you there, Che, you know. <laughs> we are a bit... At home, you know, I don't think there's going to be very many teams that take any points off us. But away, way, I don't know what it is. We just... Whether it's our game plan, I don't know. But, you know, we struggled against South End and I thought we were very poor against South End. You know, Oldham Saturday should be a very winnable game because they're really struggling. But, you know... We should be knocking three or four past them. But I don't know what it is when we go away. The confidence doesn't seem to be there the same as when we're at home. So I t- I tend to agree with them, you know. Um, big games, I think we may rise to, the, you know, the occasion this season. You know, Chestfield was maybe a one-off where he he mixed it up, Parkinson did, and he shouldn't have done it, he should have left it as it was. Um, but only time will tell, you know. As the season's going on, you know, we've got the depth in squad. You know, to bring extra players in like we did on Saturday with Dolby coming in and scoring, you know, the subs we made. Where Chesterfield, and North County have, you know, injury suspensions. Are they gonna have, you know, the strength and depth to, to keep their momentum going? Like we hopefully we will.
0: I I personally disagree with them. I can see where you're coming from, Neil. You you raised some good points there, but I think our the good teams we've played so far, we've played some good teams and beat Dag and Redbridge, who were going to be a good side this season 4-1. I think Southend draw away from Holmes a good result. You know, Yeovil, the Yeovil draw was, you know, the, the conditions were poor. And, <laughs> you know, Chesterfield are a very, very good side. Losing 2-0 to them when we're finding our feet, I think is, you know, acceptable. So that that's my... A, a, <clears throat> That's my two pence in that. Mark, what what, what do you think? What what, what would be your reply to that?
2: I'm on your side, Che. Um,
0: (laughs) I look at it and I
2: think, well, we've got... Who have we actually played? We've played... I agree Chesterfield was bad, but it's for the reason that that Neil said, that we experimented, and I think Parkinson's learned a lesson from that. Um, First three games, we weren't quite right. So, since then, we've had one off day, the South End match, and we dug in and got a point out of a game we could have lost. Um, who have we played? We played Woking, who were seventh. We scored three goals at their ground and won. We've played Eastley, who were 11th. We beat them. We played Dagenham, who were 12th. We put four goals past them. We played Dorking, who were 13th. But at the time, we were in the top five, and we scored five goals at their ground. I'm not. You can only beat what's put in front of you. And I think that. Well, the reason for us wobbling was at the very start of the season. We were still settling in a bit, still working things out. It was a selection mistake at Chesterfield. And like you said, the conditions were poor at Yeovil. Um, we'll find out for sure, possibly next week when we go to Nott's County. Uh,
1: yeah. Well, I tend to agree with you, Mark, but Dorking is the only team we've actually beaten away comfortably. Yeah, yeah. Dorking, was it 3-2? Mm-hmm. You know, Drew at South End, Drew at Beoville and lost at Chesterfield. Um, and Dagenham were both home games, weren't they? So, yeah. we beat them with, you know, I can see us beating everybody at home. It's just the way, if we can nick a point away, you know, I think that's all well and good. But, uh, you know, some of these, you know, Oldham game is a, uh, not a must win, but uh, be interested to see how they get on on Saturday and whether they keep the same team and and play the same kind of football they play when they're at home.
0: Uh, but you put that Dorkin win into perspective as well, though, they beat Knox County 3-1 mm. this season. So I think Dawkins are actually a pretty decent side. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I think we'll find our feet with the away form. But I do think if we're going to win the league this season, it is maintaining this home form, isn't it, Mark?
2: Oh, yeah. We've got to sprinkle a lot of way wins as well, because you're probably going to need mid-90s or something to win the league this season, looking at the way teams have started it. But who's better equipped than us? Who's playing football like us? Uh, I agree there's a discrepancy between home and away form, but hopefully as we find our strides, we'll, we'll rectify that. And last Saturday was a beautiful template for how we need to go forwards, wasn't it? I mean, it really was magnificent. <laughs> the two strikers, the quality of their play. Uh the midfields got in control of the match, didn't it? Yeah. I sort of had a sort of vague feeling that we let in too many goals, but we let in, you know. We've had four clean sheets out of ten. So maybe I'm being a bit unfair in <laughs> saying that. And the reason we, we look a bit open at the back is because we are really going for it. Our wing backs are extremely advanced. So yeah, I just I just thought just, I just I'd I'd be worried if I was one of the other teams' fans, not us, because yeah, they're going to have to somehow come up, finish above us.
1: I'd agree with you, Mark. I think it's all work in progress at the moment, and I'm sure you know we uh, well. Our former way will improve. I'm sure we'll get far better, you know, away from home, than we do at home, you know. So uh, I have every confidence that you know, come end
2: of the season, we'll be top of the league by by country mile. And I hope so. Just to celebrate that form as well, you know. At home, we're averaging four goals a game. <laughs> it's, not, it's not bad, that is it? <laughs> no, you can't knock it.
1: Brilliant. Yeah, it, entertainment just, value is fantastic. You know, for the fans. So,
0: and, and it's just such a pleasure to have this at the moment, you know, as fans, because the world we live in at the moment it's a bit gloomy, a bit grim, isn't it? Outside of a uh, Wrexham Football Club at the moment you know, with the financial problems that everyone's going to be suffering with this winter. It, it's been such a pleasure to watch this side and have that 90 minutes a week of, you know, forgetting yeah. about your problems and th- this side, they're doing a, a, a great job of that, aren't they?
2: That's a brilliant way of looking at it. You know, you, you as we've said a few times, there's, there's a sense of excitement around the town, not just the football club. And that's a really nice... Uh, Example of it, isn't it? Because we really, we need a bit of a pick-me-up at the moment. It looks like a grim winter ahead. Uh, it'd be nice yeah, it's to a play the good. lucky town or at least have something fantastic to distract us.
1: Yeah, it's a good. as you just said, it's a, it's a great distraction going to the football, you know, because at home, you know, we're you know 99.9% we're going to win and we're going to entertain the fans there. So, you know, I'm happy with our home form and how they're playing. I just would like to see a bit more improvement on our way form, to be honest, and hopefully that will happen on Saturday.
0: Yeah, and let's quickly chat about that Saturday game. Oldham away, it, it's a game that could be played at League League Two, League One. They're they're a big club, Mark. It, it's nice to be playing Oldham and not County back to back. You know, it feels like this is a bigger league than a lot of people think it is.
2: Yeah, I mean Nott's County. When I was a kid, they were in the top division, and Oldham were in the Premier League, weren't they, as well? First yeah. season of it. Um, yeah, it's a bit. It's a. It is a big occasion. They're, um I mean, they've had a wobble lately, haven't they? There's only five points off the playoffs. They're still early in the season, but they've had a, a wobble lately, and, and we just need to to step out and and capitalize upon that. But I mean, they. Uh, they're going to raise their game because they're going to have a lot of loud fans there backing their team up as well. Um It's it's not going to be straightforward, but then if you set yourself high standards and want to win a league, nothing's going to be straightforward, is it? And then Streets to Notts County, oh, I mean, always a great atmosphere there. Fantastic historic club. They're older than us. The
0: nerve of it. <laughs> well, it's it's... Two really vital games, mm. you know. If we can, yeah. if we can, if we can come out of these two games unbeaten, I yeah. I would take that.
1: I'd be happy with four points, you know, beating Oldham and maybe a draw away as well at county You know, we've got to remember we've taken two thousand three hundred fans to Oldham on Saturday. We could have sold a lot more, yeah. um, but they didn't release any tickets. And uh, I see they've just signed John Rooney today on loan from yeah. Barrow. Oldham have, oh. so whether he'll. Uh, Play against us on Saturday will be, you know, to be seen. But um, yeah, it'll be a tough game. But I, I can't see anything but Rexham win on Saturday.
2: I, th- I think he'll play. They've got Fondop as well, of course, who yeah. likes winding Wrexham up. And they've also got someone of a point to prove in Ben Tollett. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah,
2: you know, the, his second spell at Wrexham didn't go well at all, really, which was a, sh- a terrible shame. So they, they got some interesting players, and and I, I'm. I'm certainly not underestimating them, but I want six points out of these games because then (laughs) nobody's going to be asking questions about our credentials then. And then we've got what looks on paper like another quite nice home run. So hopefully we'll be able to take advantage of it. Can I just go back to the game as well on Saturday to say Anthony Ford has been uh, uh, embodied this sort of steady settling of the team into its style of play, he looked okay at first, uh, but the last couple of games, and specifically Saturday, I think he looks absolutely tremendous. He's so calm on the ball. He's He uses it so well. He can use both feet. He can cross with both feet. He can shoot. Uh, he was so unlucky. He just felt he's destined not to score when he hits the inside the post, and then he's just beaten to a chance in the goal mouth, and then he scores right at the end, the smashing goal. Um I think Ford is really... Again, like a lot of other signings, Parkinson's is start, starting to clearly show why he should be playing a couple of divisions higher up.
0: Yeah, I, I 100% agree. Uh, to be fair, I think, Mark, you should argue for pretty much every player on that pitch on Saturday mm-hmm. should be playing a couple of uh, leagues up, including Max Kluwerth, who's our you know, yeah. youngest um, player, who's, who's at least... Got, got the least experience. It, but for me, you know, you look at where the goals have come from on Saturday, you know. We've got Jordan Davis, a central mid- midfielder. We've got two, three goals from strikers, a goal from a centre-half and a goal from a wing-back. That is incredible, isn't it?
1: Oh, the team was sublime on Saturday. I mean, it was enjoyable football to watch and I think they've grown as a team. You know, they seem to know where each player is going to be now. So I think they're getting to you know, and get better as the season goes on, I hope. Um, you know, I, I I, thought, you know, nobody would have beat Wrexham on Saturday. Anybody in the league come to Rexmo on Saturday wouldn't have beat us because we were so good. The football was fantastic. The passing was slick. You know, the, the one-twos they played in the opposition box was, was was it for the fourth or the fifth goal when yeah. Darby scored was, was sublime, you know. So, yeah, the, the, the confidence, the whole team you've seen has grown in the last three or four home games you know i could you can name half a dozen players uh, who've improved vastly in the last three or four home games
2: and uh, if i could take your point further Che, I'm, i was just trying to think through of the whole team this season i a well, whole team had started on saturday only Clueth, young and jones haven't scored out of the, so that so seven of the three have scored plus two of the three yeah. subs have scored yeah. this season as well, so wow. we're really
0: spreading it around, aren't we? It's you know it's the, we go- got- the goal this season is to get Mark Howard the goal. I think. Yeah, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> if we won the league and we get a penalty, Mark Howard takes it. <laughs> I like it, the Jose Luis Chilavert free kick. Get him up on the
2: edge of the area, take the free kick, and then goes, that could be a fun extra factor in our get-home games. Howard's sprinting back when he's when he's hit the post. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, brilliant. But, yeah, it's been such a pleasure to watch mm. this Wrexham side, and a little bit of a blast from the past now, Mark and Neil. After this, we're going to be talking to a Wrexham great in Mark Jones. Wrexham's Heartbeat. This is Callon FM.
2: Mark, it's it's an absolute pleasure to speak to you again. One you know, of the really outstanding players for us of the, the first decade of the the century. Um and I've gotta say as well, I mean everyone enjoyed your performances, but I, I think as well the fact that you're local, that you you love the club anyway, always makes a, a big, big difference. And uh you followed Wrexham for a, a long time, haven't you?
3: Yeah, I mean, all my life really. It's always Wrexham, I've always been involved. I was there from the age of, I think it was eight, eight or nine, until I was, uh, I it was twenty six in the end. Mm. But yeah, um, it's always it's, it's always slightly different when you're a local lad. Um, but yeah, really, you know, I'm really proud of what I achieved with with the club, really,
2: and and all your mates are Wrexham fans. I believe. I remember reading something saying. When you were playing for us, and you could never play for Chester because your mates would never forgive you.
3: Yeah, well, I would never play for Chester anyway. But um yeah, I mean, a lot of, obviously being local, you've, you've obviously got friends who support the club as well. So it's, um, you, I mean, being a lad from Wrexham, you can't really end up going to play for Chester unless you really got rhino skin. <laughs> but uh, no, it wasn't for me that. I
2: know. You you punished him a couple of times as well, but we'll get to that in a second. But, um, I mean, I always remember you coming on, your, your debut was exciting, you know, there was a bit of buzz, people knew about you. And then you came on, that was the promotion season, was you? you came on against Exeter and set yeah. up Andy Morale for a tap in to finish his hat trick. And he missed it, if I remember correctly.
3: <laughs> he did, yeah, I remember that quite well, actually, yeah, um, in front of the cop at the time, I think it was. Um. Yeah, just, and, yeah, you had to put your house on Andy scoring that, but, um, you know, he let me down there. Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. It was typical of the play we get used to from you, though, you know, the the really nice assessed, the lovely weighted through pass like that. And, you, you know, that was a big part of your game, wasn't it? Feeding players of good movements and, and being able to spot their
3: runs. Yeah, it was. I mean, it's always been probably one of my strengths that has. Um, but at the same time, I was playing in a, in a good team, when I first entered the first team, if you like, I had like, the likes of Darren Ferguson um, and he could pick a pass quite comfortably. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was always it was always a strong point in my game then, um picking the pass out, yeah. I remember seeing
2: a thing in the programme um, saying that they liked you playing off the striker because you get in the box, you get shots off, you play those passes, but they also liked you playing deep. You know, as a PLO style playmaker, pinging the bars around, and and it was sort of debating what was the best way to get the best out of you. And i am sitting I, you know, my recollection of you was you felt like one of those sentiments who could do do most things, and again, certainly the creative things.
3: Yeah, defending was my strong strong point, Mark. Unfortunately, <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that's why you, we played three in the midfield for a lot of my time at Wrexham, and I kind of had a free role in a way where. I Had to run around and try and defend, but I think Dennis Smith knew my, my strong points were and he knew what my weaknesses were. Um and defending was definitely one of them. <laughs> good manager to play under Dennis Smith, was he? Yeah, brilliant. I like, I you know, I'd never say a bad word about him. Um at the end of the day, he'd give me um my first professional contract, if you like. Um and he was really good to me. Um I was only at the time probably eighteen. Um but no, it's, I couldn't say it, but I don't think any Wrexham fans got a bad word to say about Dennis Smith. Um, yeah. His time with the club, who's obviously under cloud. I imagine him being at the club now with, um, i seen Phil Parkinson, brilliant, but uh, with the backing that Dennis Smith would, would have had now, I think, would, I think he would have done a cracking job, to be honest.
2: Yeah, because he did. there wasn't much money to play with then, was it? And he still brought some know. real quality in, didn't he?
3: He did, didn't he? Yeah, so I mean, just goes to show it's, I think with with Dennis, he was just um, he was just more of a gentleman. He would just be straight, mm. you know. He's just a uh, really fair and uh, kind of like, you know, I suppose kind of like a granddad if you like. But you yeah. uh, <laughs> someone you you try not to let down. If that makes
2: yeah. sense. That's fascinating to hear that because I always remember waiting in the press room afterward the games for the press conferences, and um, <clears throat> in there he was more scary. I would say, than the grand. Oh, yeah, don't get
3: me wrong. Yeah, he definitely had his <laughs> had his moments where he would not make you cry, but you'd know he wasn't happy. Um, yeah. I remember a time when we, I think we were playing Bristol Rovers away. Um it's probably my first full season, if you like, first full season in the first team. Um, I think we, we drew one all. It was about, I think, five or ten minutes to go. And I, I'd done something. And the ref warned me and then Within two minutes, I booted the ball away when it was a free kick or something along the line. So I didn't think nothing of it. I got a yellow card. And then when I went in the change room after the game, that was the first time I really had, I think he was calling me a petulant child. <laughs> <laughs> Looking back, it's quite funny, but um, he's probably right.
2: <laughs> That's quite something, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, <laughs> I'm just thinking of Phil Parkinson, of course, on Welcome to Wrexham, is- Is sort of getting famous because I'm I'm sure they've misheard it, but they say he says he calls them fatty footballers.
3: I I thought that's what I thought that's what he said, but um, I'm not quite sure, Mark. Um, You probably know better than me. (laughs) Just
2: don't imagine. I don't know. It doesn't seem like the right thing to say somehow. But anyway, compared to petulant child, you know that's just quite out there, isn't it? The um. Yeah, Dennis Smith always, I thought, when he'd come in for a press conference, I, I, I quite liked the fact he didn't know which way he'd be. Sometimes when we hadn't played that well, he'd come out and be quite upbeat. And sometimes yeah. when you think we played well, he'd come out and he'd be quite angry. And I, I sort yeah. of quite liked that, especially when you think, well, yeah, we've played quite well, but he still wants more. You know, he's, dem- he's a demanding yeah, manager. Yeah, course, yeah. I think yeah. that's, that's good, that. Yeah, I think,
3: looking back, I mean, it was a long. It feels like a long time ago now, and it it is. But uh, a lot of the time, when we'd be winning a half time, he would be having a go. Um, and I think when we were when we were losing, I think it was more of a, a gentle chaff from what I remember, unless we were really poor. Yeah. Um. But I remember usually if we were winning half time, he would never be happy. Um. You'd always have. there would always be a problem that you'd like to bring to everyone's attention.
2: <laughs> I always remember that. Um. That promotion season, uh, and you were in and around the squads that we went down to Exeter and didn't play well, lost 1 0, and he famously went nuts and went nuts with the press as well. And right. then we went on a club record winning run to the very end of the season. So, <laughs> like I say, don't upset him <laughs> yeah. either way, do you? Don't let him down. Don't upset him. No, absolutely not. Yeah. And he sort of eased you in a bit the next season. It was, it was, you know, League One and a lot of subs appearances more than starts um yeah but you had flew Allen and Sam and Armstrong to pick out then didn't you to, you know to, again players who are making runs for you and you, and you you managed to get some impacts and and then like LDV games and Welsh Premier Cup games as well just just getting eased into it
3: yeah um I remember, like you say but when you've got a good team it's it's always easier um to to, to break into the team if you like because I as later on in life I or in, in my career, if you like. Um, young lads coming through into a team that we were really struggling. It's always going to be difficult. But looking back, for me, I came into the team that was a strong team, um, full of good players, really. Mm. So I was lucky.
2: And you, you also, by this point, are in the Welsh No21s as well. And, and that must be good in terms of getting extra experiences working with new
3: people. Yeah, it was it was brilliant. To be honest, Mark, I, ne- I never liked going away... Yeah. away from home um, a lot of the, the squads Like, I pulled out I did have something wrong with me as in a muscle was tight or something along them lines but I used to hate going away travelling away from home um. but when I was there I really enjoyed it it was just the, it was just that thought of going away from home I've just always put me off going away with with the 21s but like I say I was really you know I think I only played five or six games for the 21s when I was probably involved with about 30 training camps for the 21s. But I just always kind of dropped out. Or So, looking back, I don't really regret um, dropping out with l- niggling injuries and whatnot. But, yeah, there was, you're playing with good players the 21s. A lot of the lads, like, well, obviously, there's Gareth Bale, who was there at the time. Um, I think he was only 15, to be honest. He was drafted in. But, um, yeah, it was a great experience. And I guess... That was the
2: start of the the youth developments that Wales have put in, which has led to our success more recently as well. It, it, could you tell then that there was a more of an emphasis on like those youth playing and getting the training at that level, right?
3: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I mean when I look back, I always, for me, it was always it was obviously with John Toshak was the the manager of the, of the first team then, um, and obviously Gary Speed came in afterwards, and you know what a job he. He did and and everything, but John Toshack brought a lot of the young lads through as well. A lot of the older lads now, if you like, but at the time it was John Toshack who was in charge when I was there, but um, well, involved with the, the squads, if you like. But um, the likes of Aaron Ramsey, Gareth Bale, um, David Cottrell, a lot of a lot of young lads who came through when when Toshak was in charge,
2: so. and I'll. I'll jump out of sequence a bit here to say that, of course, you did play for Wales as well. Made your debut at the race course. I mean, that must have felt like amazing.
3: Yeah, don't get me wrong. I was, yeah, I was delighted with that. I was over, overjoyed with that, uh, the moment when I got onto the pitch. I um, it kind of felt a bit of a token gesture with it being at Wrexham. And I think there was three of us in the, in the squad, me, uh, Chris Llewellyn and Stevie Evans. Um, so it was a bit... You know, I was obviously all really proud to represent my country, my hometown, but part of me felt like it was a bit of a token gesture. But
2: Not not the only time we played for Wales, though, to be
3: fair. No, yeah. no, no, that, that that's the good thing, Mark, because, like, yeah. you know, one cap wonder in your hometown is it... Well, I actually did get on the pitch um, against Bulgaria, in Bulgaria, if you like, so at least I've got two caps, if you like, and not just the one. And
2: I believe, is it right... It could have been more, wasn't there? A story about you got you, you did so well in under 21 training, you went to Czech Republic and then Brazil was the game afterwards. And
3: yeah, I think there was to be honest, I we um sounds ridiculous now, but looking back, we traveled from um Cardiff to go to Czech Republic to play a game there. Obviously, I wasn't involved when you go traveling, there's probably 22 players, so you've only got back then, I think there was only the 16. Um, but they fit you with a suit and shoes and whatnot. But the shoes I put on, they were so tight. But I I left them on. We got on the flight to go to the Czech Republic. at the time I got to the Czech Republic, I just had blisters all over my feet. So what happened then? Because Dennis Smith, I don't know if you remember, but Dennis Smith said I pulled out of the squad because I had blisters. But it wasn't blisters. The blisters made me, I and mean, my glands, if you like, in, the, in my groin. So it was like as if I'd pulled a muscle in my groin. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then I. We played the Czech Republic um, and I just, I couldn't move. We, we, we were training after, so in the end, went to see John Toshak and he sent me back home. Mm. But then the, the big story was then that I could have been playing against Brazil. Mm. Um, <laughs> whether that was right or not, I don't know, but um, I think it was at White Hart Lane. I think that's when um, Gareth Bale made his debut, I think, for Wales as well. Um, so, yeah, I don't who knows, Mark? I don't know, but yeah. um, it would have so, been nice. It, don't get me wrong.
2: It was the Welsh FA's tailor's fault then, giving you the wrong shoes. Yeah, well,
3: That's shocking. I don't know where they got these shoes from the mines. I think um, <laughs> they were so. I think yeah. they were a size nine, so I don't know what happened. But I should have just taken them, taken them off. But yeah, um, yeah they, I think they went straight in the bin. That one.
2: <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, going back then to. When you started to become a regular in the first team as well, oh gosh, I'm. I mean, I've, I've. I'm going to indulge myself here. You scored a lot of fantastic goals, but that goal you scored at Oxford's, that is that is one of my favourite ever excellent goals. It was just oh fabulous. You remember that one, I'd imagine.
3: Yeah, I do I think my dad still watches that now on the the older uh, DVD? But, um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's just one of them. It was just off the cuff where the, the balls got played and I just flicked it. I think flicked it around the lad's leg and then just it just sat up nicely. So I've just caught it well and it's gone in. But yeah, I mean that's probably my favorite goal. Yeah. There's that one there, or probably the one against um, TNS in the in the Welsh Cup, I think. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but that yeah, the Oxford the Oxford one's probably my best. Yeah. And, and could have gone anywhere that though, but uh, luckily it did go in the top corner.
2: <laughs> now don't don't say that.
3: Yeah, <laughs> you're trying to
2: score and it flies in like that. Don't don't say that at all. Goodness <laughs> me, you're not giving yourself enough credit there. I Tell you, that was a wonderful goal. And then there there were big matches coming in those periods. I mean, of course, Juan Ugarte comes in. It must have been fun to have a player like him as well. Like I talk about players with good movement. He, he was a nice nice target to try and find. He was.
3: Yeah, well, you know, every. Back then, everyone knows who Wanagati was. He, the goals he was scoring. He was just, he'd just it'd have hit his like anywhere and gone in the net, but he's just a, an all out goal scorer. Um didn't really do an awful lot, build up play and whatnot, but if you give him the chances, he would score goals. And how many how many did he score at home, Mark? It wasn't many at, at the end, was there? But they were all away from home. home, I think. He only scored two at home. It's a twenty yeah.
2: total, but he didn't play the whole season, but only two at the race course.
3: It's amazing. Yeah. It is, yeah, but um, yeah, obviously that game against the uh, Hartlepool were uh, yeah six four, um, I think one yeah. scored four or five, then did he? He
2: scored, he scored, f- hang on, five, didn't he? But five. I know he scored the other one as well.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's the only reason I remember there was either four or five. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's, it's, for anyone listening, I mean, it was an amazing game, and he's he scored four. It's four all. About five minutes left. And then you're the player who scored the goal that put us ahead 5 4. You got to get another one afterwards to make it 6 4. But I yeah. mean, you know, in, in a crazy game like that, as it's coming to the end, you must be aware when the ball comes in for you that, right, I've got to nail this. We've got to win a game that's so crazy.
3: Yeah, it was quite, I, I remember quite uh, vaguely. Uh, sorry, it was a corner, I think, and we broke from a corner. Um, uh, it's been, I think it's gotten on Twitter in the past, and I've had messages of people saying, You can run. how have you ran that fast. And it actually looks like I've actually got quick on that picture video, but I remember scoring. And then within a minute, I think I got taken off because Dennis Smith didn't trust me to defend. So, um, yeah, but I remember that well. It was a great, unbelievable game. Um, good trip on the way back on the bus as well. Everyone obviously buzzing uh, 6 4 away from home. Brilliant.
2: Oh, I bet it was good. Um, and it wasn't the only big away win we had. Like you say, you couldn't stop scoring in away games. Maybe because you know he was so quick and it helps. You know, on the counter attack, maybe that's what suited us. I don't know, but I remember we we stuck four in at Chesterfield, and he scored all four. Oh I think. yeah, um, yeah, I think and, he did. Yeah, and then another game where you came up with a, a very big goal was at Alden, the semi final first leg at the LDB oh, yeah. Bands Trophy. Uh, yeah. He scored a quick hat trick, but you got the second goal in that game, and we were we were free up after half an hour. That must have been, I mean, knowing that the, the final lay beyond, that must have been a big occasion for you.
3: Yeah, the, um, what my first memory of that game is that um, within well, I think it was the first five minutes, their centre half has gone to play the ball to the full their fullback, and instead of I've only gone half hearted. I could have if I would sprint, have sprinted, I'd cut it out. I remember Daniel Ferguson going nuts with me for about. 10 minutes <laughs> I couldn't get away from him he just kept going on but yeah it was um, obviously we were 5-1 five, five up bit at one time and yeah, yeah. Just, the game was done but then obviously they got the two goals back um, made the second leg a bit interesting but mm. luckily we were comfortable
2: I remember feeling quite nervous in that second leg and like my, my brain is saying we won by two goals in the away match this is this is fine yeah, but I couldn't. My guts was saying, if they get the first goal, you know, we seemed a little—I don't know. I don't know if I want to say edgy, but we didn't score till the second half, did we? Once Crystal yeah. scored, it was over. But that's it. There must does have been
3: one that one nil, nil match. Exactly? One nil.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, there must have been that slight sense of, oh, we better not blow this now. Like I said, playing in a cup final in Cardiff would have been a big deal, wouldn't it?
3: Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I remember. There was nerves before the game. I remember because, like you just said, one goal—you know—the first goal changes the game. Um, probably it was at half-time nil-nil because we were on it edgy. Um, but as soon as that the goal went in, I remember it was pretty comfortable after that. Game was done, And yeah. then uh, the uh, excitement started. Yeah, <laughs> I'll bet. I mean,
2: <laughs> gosh, the, the the build-up to it must have been incredible. Lots of people hassling you for tickets, Albert.
3: Yeah, there was from memory, yeah. Um, I, there was no one in Rexon that day, was there? <laughs> exactly. Everyone was down there, but um, yeah, it was a great build-up. and Obviously, we were struggling at the time in the league mm. um, for whatever was happening, but it gave us all something to look forward to that day. So,
2: and then when it actually know, came, what, what was it like You know, to be in the changing rooms beforehand? Yeah, it
3: was surreal, really. Um, you know, you come, you step out and the, the millennium, and obviously it's huge. Um, but I remember all the lads. Uh, there wasn't many phones, well, there was phones, but not like um, they are today. It was just your little Sony Ericsson's and whatnot. But uh, yeah, I remember obviously, I think someone had a camcorder for, was it uh, one's diary or something along their mind? That's right, yeah, yeah. Um, so I remember that was good floating around, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's the build up is pretty vague to be honest. when once we were there the, the night before, but um. Obviously, the game and afterwards is as clear as day.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I mean, you know, when you get a big win like that, it's in our history. You look back at it, yeah, sure. You know, it sort of feels like, oh, well, we're always going to win that. But it went to extra time, didn't it? It was a uh, End were strong opponents.
3: Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were. Obviously, they were the league below, but they were they were up there. I think second yeah. or third, I believe. Um, but yeah, it was a strong. You know, it was a tough game, but they were a strong team. And I suppose the cup final whoever's playing it's always on an edgy game, isn't it? So um I think I went off um in extra time when we were 1-0 up. Um and then obviously Fergie scored the goal on the forward roll. Um yeah, yeah what well, one atmosphere with all people from you know, not you could see them in the crowd, you know, it was just it's what but like obviously since then it's been the, the Wembley games and whatnot, but um yeah, the the millennium was unbel- probably the well the highlight of my career, if you like.
2: And you're part of the first ever axum team to win a trophy outside of the Welsh FA and a sort of national trophy, if you will. And, and no one can take that away from you. It's a fantastic no, achievement, it.
3: there. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And uh, you know, it's not it's it's not an easy cup to win, as as you know as as, well, as Wrexham. I've known for years, but um, yeah. Good achievement for everyone who was involved, really. Yeah, and dude, there was there were
2: some real characters on that team. weren't there strong characters as well, you know. There was, yeah.
3: Um, I could be we talking about. Well, I don't want to bore you all night, Mark. But if you talk about heads, each, I don't mind. I'm each, um, it. each player, uh, oh, there's some brilliant characters in that team. Even Kev Russell, who was obviously the assistant manager, yeah. one of the biggest characters there himself. You know, just constantly serious when he needs to be serious, but. When you want to laugh and that he's brilliant, um, but uh, so many you could like obviously Danny Williams was big mix with Danny, um, great you know brilliant character around the changing room, um, there was there was loads, wasn't there? There was, was obviously uh Stevie Evans, yeah, um, oh sorry Steve he wasn't there then was he? I don't think. No, I think um, he,
2: he was after that, wasn't he? Dennis. Yeah, Lock- Steve Roberts.
3: Steve Roberts. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I could talk about everyone. There was Carlos Edwards was there then. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so many different characters there. So, uh, it was an easy team to play in, Mark, as a, as a young lad. Um, just because you had so much experience around you, so it was it was benef- massive for me to, to be able to do that. If I was, if I did it into a team that wasn't, uh, like I say, struggling, it might have been a completely different, yeah. different story.
2: And again, as so, of you know, thinking back to what you said at Oldham. Um, you know, people like Ferguson in midfield or Scott Green came back for a little bit while you so, were yeah. in the first team as well. You know, those sorts of players I assume would really keep a young midfielder on their on their toes. Sort of players you're gonna learn a lot just by playing alongside.
3: Yeah, definitely. They demand they demand stuff from you, you see, and everyone's different as a player, but when you're young, to me that that helped me. Um just because I didn't want to let them down more than anything. So and they would guide you and where to, where to run they basically control what you're doing just by talking yeah. um and there was a massive you know it was a massive help for me that was yeah. I, I think once i got a bit older and the team started struggling them sort of players left mm-hmm. i think that, that's where i i kind of struggled where maybe that just the demand you know it's it's not down to everyone else down to me as a person but i felt like that's why i kind of missed towards the, the end of my reaction career? That's um it. but I mean, yes. it's, it's natural,
2: I think. When you I mean for me, looking at players in the National League, sometimes you see players who you feel you know they, they make good moves, but their teammates can't see them because they're playing you know, playing at a higher level. People would spot that, and and you see a lot of quality players who struggle to get the best out of themselves because maybe yeah. You know that they're, they're playing with
3: players who. Have oh, that sort of education. don't get me wrong. I'm I'm not accusing people of not being good enough to play oh, with no, me no. at all. But uh, <laughs> I am. I am. Don't you worry. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, no, it just what I meant was is it, in people just mm. talking you through the game so you can kind of hide hide your weaknesses and you just concentrate on when you get the ball. Then um, it was just maybe just little things like that. Yeah. But uh, no. We'll go with what you said on, Mark. Appreciate it. Yeah, nice one. <laughs> well, I've
2: got to say, Mark, If you don't, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but something I always felt from talking to you as a player was that you, you thought a lot about your game. Um, you know, I always found that really interesting. And I think there's a lot of people probably who would have the benefits of having Ferguson or Green or whoever and maybe wouldn't appreciate it. But you were always, it struck me, somebody who wanted to think about his game Think about what he'd done, you know. Analyze it. Think about what he could do better next time. That struck me as part of you, and, and part of why I think you you were such a good player for me.
3: Yeah, so thanks, Mark. It's, yeah, for me, it was every single game. I'd after the game, I'd I'd always try and look to see how, just basically, just how can I do that better? For me, with a lot of it, when I, especially when I was younger, I wanted to get better defense defensively. Um, that didn't happen, but. Uh, it was just, yeah, any little thing. I would just think if I, if I had a chance on goal, I kicked the ball along wrong, I should have just drilled it instead of curling it. Just little things like that. Or what I always used to work on was was my control. Uh, when you're controlling the ball, try and control the ball away from where your defender is. And I think regardless of what level you play, if you can control the ball how you want to control the ball, it'll always be beneficial No matter no matter what level you're playing at. Well,
2: I, I mean, I'll be honest and I, I'd say that I I found you... You were my favourite player to talk to after matches um, because... Because I didn't talk. <laughs> no, no, no. no. I, I, well, I'll, I'll be doubly frank. I say a lot, the, a, the, a lot of the actual journalists, I think, quite liked people who said a lot, regardless of whether it was interesting, because they'll right. get their copy quickly and they can get it down. But yeah. I really enjoyed you because... It's natural you talk to a player after they've been in the changing room, and people mostly say the same thing because you know, mean, so, you know, a group of players, after yeah, a game, and saying, yeah, and you sort of come to a, a sort of consensus, if you like. And players tend to say the same thing, that was just fair enough. But you always were analytical, you'd always say things, and I think, Oh, I never thought of that, you know, like sort of you pull it apart a bit, and I always found that really interesting sometimes i'll be honest with you i thought you were a bit too harsh on yourself as well to be frank because sometimes i think oh you played well there mate and you can actually i'm not sure about that
3: <laughs> yeah to be honest i remember certain points of you telling me that mark you've been quite harsh on yourself there but i think i think that's just how i am um you know if it's just because if i think i've done something wrong in my head that'll be that'll be on my mind more than something i've done right um well, I mean, you know, no one's perfect, are they? But uh, yeah, I mean, I was—I'm ne- never, you know—I'm not a strong talker anyway, really. But um, what I used to do is just try and talk and just be truthful in what I thought. I've—I've I've got to be yeah. honest on you. Like like I said, I—I—I
2: I, I thought you were the best one. You, you were always the person I—I'd feel bad because I'd make a beeline for you, and sometimes I think I should let you go. <laughs> up. But I—I I always—I used to I run mean.
3: off. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I
2: used to run off. Mark, yeah, I think. Yeah. When I see you, yeah, but but I, that's probably I make people run off. That's what I do. <laughs> um, I can't help it. But um, no, I I genuinely always you were my favorite interview because you would always really break it up and give me the sort of interesting stuff I wanted. You know, rather than just saying oh, the obvious, Mark. I appreciate that. understandable. You know, um, it's you carried on, of course, in League Two with us. Uh, the team like deteriorated though really didn't it there was the season with the boston game which was i found really weird because we started so well you were on the right side of midfield as i recall for, i think five goals in the first seven stuck it to chester and uh, not for the only time you know he scored that yeah. diva um and then everything i mean we hammered sheffield wednesday at hillsborough and then suddenly yeah. went from that to we fell apart and, and was so close to getting relegated. It was a it was a very weird season, wasn't it?
3: It was strange. Yeah, I think um I think it was it was the year Neil Roberts signed back. Um yeah. and we'd started really well. And um, I remember, um Dennis Smith said you're gonna play on the right hand side. Um I never I never liked playing on the on the right hand side. In my head it's the wing, you're on the wing. Mm. But it'd be like, oh, you're not on the wing, you're in inside, but you can only go one way in my head there on on the wing. You can't you can't really twist twist and turn both ways. But we were, we started really well. Um, like I say I think we um, Sheffield Wednesday was was it four one or four two yeah. I think. Madden. And I think was it a- Ackerdon wasn't it I think made yeah. yeah. them on a Tuesday night. Yeah. And we were awful. Um, three I think about three or four nil I think from now five. I can't remember. Properly. Was it, was it five, five? Was it? And then yeah, we it was horrendous.
2: And lost 5-2. That was it. And then
3: it was just like... It just went downhill. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember it was just... It was as if everyone's confidence had just completely gone. Uh, for no apparent reason. Yeah. Other than a couple of bad results. But um, yeah, from that point onwards, it was just downhill. <laughs> and Dennis went, of course. Which I, I've got to be honest,
2: you, I, I, that was a decision I I, I just couldn't understand. Because although we dipped... I didn't feel we were heading for the bottom, if you like, you know, I didn't think we were going to get into real trouble. And it came yeah. right after we did really well at Derby. And, um, it took that hell of a ro- good run at the end and the win against Boston to actually survive that season.
3: Yeah. Um, it was, it was strange. I mean, it was obviously Brian Carey took over with Um So Brian did a cracking job there to, because to, we were on the floor from memory of the, everyone's conference is gone. Um, Pretty sure I, I was injured because I, I think um, when Dennis got sacked after before the derby game, I think I had um, an operation, so I was out there. I don't think I played for the rest of the season. Um, maybe a, apart from the maybe the last two, uh, Boston. Um, but yeah, I think we were, it was a game of Shrewsbury from memory as well. But yeah, I was I wasn't playing; I was watching. But um, we had a great win there. I think Michael Proctor scored the winner, um, and then. It, it's just kind of flipped there where we were struggling all season and then the conference had come back. Um and then we luckily we put um, a few good results together.
2: Yeah.
3: And then sadly of course the
2: next season we really we were poor, we really did go down. Um I'm gonna yeah. gloss over that <laughs> and say that Yeah it was horrendous it was horrible,
3: wasn't it? Um, yeah it was so busy biz- I mean it was too many players coming and going. It was, mm. it was like a merry go round. Um Brian Little Obviously in charge, but yeah, the least said about that, the better. Well, yeah,
2: <laughs> that's a different interview, but um, yeah. strangely, you went to Rochdale for a season, and when you came back, strangely, you sort of came into a similar situation because Dean Saunders had the same sort of turnover of players, didn't he? And and uh, yeah, that season, that just things just didn't seem to gel in the team at all. I
3: thought, yeah, um. Yeah, D- Dean asked me to come sign back at um, the end of the season before, so I, straight away I was I was dying to come back anyway. Um, I just felt like I, when I left, it wasn't it wasn't right, and I just thought I'll go back and yeah. get in a winning team and get back promoted. That was my intention. Um, yeah, we went back, and again, it was a, a team that was struggling, really. Um, a lot of young lads from memory that Dean yeah. signed from, probably like Premier League teams, but young lads. Yeah. Um, it's difficult, as we know, it's a difficult league to get out especially with inexperienced um, lads. But, yeah, it was, it was one of them seasons where it didn't work out. I, I was gutted, really. Well, I, I was gutted. Um, but, again, I got on well with Dean Saunders. And, you know, he's, he did, at the end, he did a cracking job and he, he moved on. Um, but, no, I was disappointed at how, last, how my last season went, really. But yeah. that's football, I guess.
2: Well, you you gave us all a treat after that, anyway, with Ballet, Because I tell you what, I used to—I'd never miss Scorio. I used to love watching you doing the Maradona in the League of Wales. It was absolutely <laughs> epic, I tell you all. But um, honestly, Mark, it, it, you've given a lot of pleasure to a lot of people, and with your quality of play and your your absolutely brilliant moments. And well, you know, I'm an old white-haired man now but I'm struggling to yeah. think of a excellent player who I've enjoyed watching as much as you, Mark. So, really, thank you so much for joining us and and thank you so much for all you've done for the club. It's it's an absolute privilege, it really is.
3: Oh, I appreciate that, Mark. Thanks very much. And, you know, it was a pleasure um, accepting your invite. Thanks very much, appreciate that. Thank you, Mark. I'm Luke Young and this is Dragonheart.
0: Well... Great to hear from Mark Jones there. He was such an amazing player for Wrexham. But growing up, one of my favourite, if not my favourite player. You know, as a little kid watching from the cop, score, he used to score belters all the time. And you know, for the for the younger fan who wouldn't wouldn't have never seen him or play or anything, he was like what Jordan Davis is now in many ways. He was such a great player, wasn't he, Mark? He had a lot of potential. It's a shame he didn't really fulfil fulfil it, really. Beautiful player. Played for Wales. You know, yeah. I mean, Jordan, da- right-footed Jordan
2: Davis. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps. Um, he was a lovely player to watch. Terrifically technical. I always remember a goal he scored at Oxford where the ball's co- It, it oh. is on YouTube, but the footage is terrible. But you can see the quality of it. And the ball's coming across him. He's about 30 yards out and he just hits across the ball <laughs> and keeps it, you know, hits it with the outside across it. So he's hitting it with the outside of his foot. Just flies in the top corner. And it was just, the ball's skipping across him. It's an incredibly difficult ball to hit, never mind hit like that. Real class act. A really lovely bloke as well. I mean, always has been a really lovely bloke. And I guess that's the other factor. Like Jordan Davis, one of our own. He's local and, you know, he always like uh, enjoy, enjoy seeing the the young players come through, don't you, Neil?
1: Yeah, definitely so. As you said, he was local. And, and yeah, he had pace wasn't he? You know, he, he wasn't a big chap either. He was quite a, you know, a slender young young bloke when I started watching, well, when I last saw him play, you know. But yeah, could he hit the ball if he caught it right? Yeah, the number of balls I've seen flying in the back of the net from him. But yeah, it's, it's great to have local, you know, local lads playing for their local football team. And you know, I think hopefully with what's going on at Wrexham now, we'll, we'll see quite a few... Lo- more coming through the ranks as the seasons go on.
2: And he came through just, well, after. He came through during the 2002-03 promotion season, but he was a very young lad then um, and sort of established himself just after that. But he was a mainstay in League One and was instrumental when, you know, funnily enough, considering what's coming up on Saturday, we dismantled Oldham 5-3 in the game, well, at the semi-final to get to the Millennium Stadium. And although, naturally, Ugarte got all the headlines scoring a hat-trick, Jones was absolutely electric that day. really set a lot of stuff up. And really, lovely player to watch. Lovely player to watch when he's carrying the ball, I always thought. Very elegant when, he's, when he was moving with the ball. Lovely
0: player. He, he was just a proper footballer, wasn't he? You had... He was a midfielder of that generation, that time. You know, like sort of like a Frank Lampard, sort of Gerrard style midfielder of that era. He was our centre midfielder, wasn't he, of that time? And for me, he was just brilliant. And he scored such an amazing goal against Chester as well, which mm-hmm. must have been amazing for him as a local lad to to score against such a rival. And carrying on with the rival rivalries theme that we've been going on. Through today, we are going to talk about our probably our second biggest rival, Shrewsbury. Well, a lot of the uh, younger kids who have been following Wrexham for the last, well, since last time we played in was two thousand eight, have probably never seen Wrexham play Shrewsbury and what the atmosphere is like in that sort of game. Neil, you're you're from that way way round. You live that way. You Probably see Shrewsbury fans. What's that game sort of like for you?
1: Um it's not on a par for me with, with Chester being just 10 miles away. But again, it's you know it's a close game. It's what 20 odd miles away from Wrexham and it's over the board again into into Shropshire. Um in town I live as I say I live in Shropshire. There's you see the odd Shrewsbury fan but you see far more Wrexham fans over this part of the world than you do Shrewsbury. Yeah. Um, the last time I saw Shrewsby was in their new stadium when we played there in our season that we got relegated, awful. and they were awful. Yeah, Rexham were, were terrible, and I didn't like the stadium either because I had no atmosphere whatsoever in there. Um, yeah, I've been to Game Meadow, their old football ground, a, a couple of times, which is right next to the river, and the ball used to get hoofed over into the river all the time. Saw some great wins there. Um, yeah, there is local rivalry, but I'd put Chester way above, above, you know, above Shrewsbury and what we call them, was it Tractor Boys we call Shrewsbury?
2: <laughs> Being
1: a rural county in a rural club?
2: Who yeah. are, who are?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean,
2: I, I'm just thinking as well, because we, we kind of started this rivalry thing, partly um, because of new fans who who requested we talk about it, didn't we? And As Neil said, I I had a sneaky look on on Google Maps. Twenty-seven miles from Wrexham to Shrewsbury's ground, but then that's where that's the nub, isn't it? We played there once in that dreadful match. Like you said, it was a horrible experience. Yeah, Um, it's out of town, isn't it? Gay Meadow, the old ground, was very quaint, and it was in the town itself and I think built up a bit more of an experience, a bit more atmosphere, It was quite idiosyncratic ground. It had the away terrace with no roof, just a very rough-looking terrace. Um, It had a small stand on one side with the River Severn going behind it, and the big fact that football fans up until the the 2000s always knew about Shrewsbury was that they had a, a, a coracle man, a coracle being a sort of local type of boat, little one-man, handmade little wooden boat, and the coracle man would sit there, and every time the ball was hit over that stand, he'd run out with his, his boat in it over his shoulder to jump in the river and rescue the ball. <laughs> um, and then also that, I mean, the other thing, this oh. is not something people thought, it's just something just I thought, um, <laughs> when the other, at the Shrewsbury end, behind it um, was a statue, is it In a school, is it was a school behind the home end, I think. And in the middle of the yard was a big statue of this bloke who always had his face pointed away from the pitch. And he used to think he'd been there for over 100 years, heard all the games, but never been able to actually see what was happening, which I felt very sorry for him. But um, it, it was, I agree with Neil. It's not anything like the, the Chester derby, but it is a big game. Is it bigger
0: for them than for us? um y- yes and no because i f- i found more satisfaction in us beating Shrewsbury when i was a kid than us beating chester mm. because when i was a kid let's put this into perspective my first ever Shrewsbury game that i ever seen was the year we went up and that was a draw Three, uh, three at home. From what I can remember, that's quite fuzzy. Yeah, the promotion season. Yeah,
2: yeah,
1: that's
0: the promotion season. We were going season. like a
2: train, and we weren't dropping points at home. And yeah. they were, they got relegated. No, nearly relegated. To yeah. The... Or maybe they get relegated that year. And they were no, they weren't. And they were poor, but they turned up our hours and played yeah. really well. And you think, you know, the, the classic cliche: of the derby, the form goes out the window. They would turn up, and supposed we were getting spanked. And they won. They drew three all. A hell of a game, yeah. That, yeah.
0: And then we beat him away that season, but I I was too young to go to away games then. And then as a kid from then, they just beat us all the time. Uh, you know, we only beat him once in the time I've been supporting Wrexham properly. And it was, I just remember they had a striker called Derek Asamoah when I was a kid, who was he was an excellent player, wasn't he, Mark? But he. He just terrorizes every time we played us, and they just kept on beating us all the time. And it was always I always found Shrewsbury to be a really unpleasant game because they would bring good fans, and they'd always beat us because they were they were a good side. But there was this one game I went to as a kid, and it was the life and sure it was one of their last games at their old ground, the game Meadows. To be fair, yeah, I think it was the last game, and Michael Proctor scored a goal in the 80th minute, and I have never seen a Rex and fan. crowd go so wild and you know that game for me was bigger than the boston game because you know if we didn't win that one we probably would have gone down that season mm. so yeah it, it shrewsbury was always a bit of a i really hated shrewsbury as a kid and i'd love to be able to beat them sometime in the near future
2: yeah michael proctor 79th yeah. Minute and yeah that, towards the 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 Wrexham fans yeah, were there, 6,000 yeah. fans there. You know, proper derby match, proper derby atmosphere. And we were on that run, weren't we? Which, like you said, ended with the Boston game where it looks like we were going to get relegated. And we just rallied right at the end and saved ourselves. And that was, yeah, it was fantastic. That was the Proctor scoring like that. Um I remember the game at Game Ed or the season we went up, that where we'd drawn,
3: mm.
2: like you said, we'd drawn three all at home. And we went to Shrewsbury and it was, well, the second game in uh, a fantastic run for us equals the club records for amount of consecutive wins. We won 10 games in a row and guaranteed promotion. And basically, yeah, we went there. Andy Morrell scored as one of his looping headers from a fair way out, as I recall. And then Jamie Tolley, who, of course, came and played for us later on, and who had scored a brilliant goal. He yeah. scores from the 3-3. He equalised. And then <laughs> Lee Jones, last minute, scored at the Wrexham end oh. to win 2-1. If I remember, was a player run. I can't think who it was. It wasn't, it was him, I think. He got. He was one-on-one one from the halfway line. They pushed up too far. And they just had that anticipation of, come on, Lee, score. But often players miss those chances, don't they? Because they've had so long to think about it. But he was a very good goal scorer, Lee Jones. He slotted it in. My 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 uh, big memory of Shrewsbury was my first ever away game. First season I watched Wrexham play. We played Shrewsbury in the Welsh Cup final. And it was over two legs. And that Wrexham team was was good. Well, decent. It was a, you know, we were in the championship. But the year before we couldn't stop scoring. And then we'd gone up and weirdly had a season where we struggled to score. I remember my dad always saying they pass the buck too often, you know, too often they're trying to walk it in. The players look nervous because the fans dig on their back a bit. I think I haven't got used to scoring goals. They were getting on their backs about, you know, people not shooting from when they had a chance around the edge of the area. And uh, we had a soft spot for Steve Fox, who was a real, real character, a real sort of one-off winger who on a good day was sensational and on a bad day was, you know, pretty peripheral. And he scored in the home leg a goal which I, I loved so much. I, I remember going home and drawing it. and having, <laughs> I was nine, all right? I was nine. Cut me some slack. But um, I went home and drew it. Was, I'm going to have to find that picture. Because my recollection of that goal is he was about 35 yards out. Remember, I was nine. He might have been a tapping. Um, and he <laughs> lost his balance. But unlike the other players that my dad said were always nervous to shoot, he'd shoot from anywhere. And he 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 seemed to slip or lose his balance, and he was falling backwards, and somehow still managed to stick it in the top corner from 35 yards. <laughs> yeah, I, I I'm glad it wasn't filmed because I'd probably be so disappointed when I saw it and saw so it was like, like I say, just a tap in. And then we <laughs> went to they. It was a one all draw, and we. We were outplayed in that game. Shrewsbury did sort of what we'd done the season before. They won the third division by a distance, and they well, they would win the Welsh Cup in that game. And so it was one all. We were lucky to draw one all, and then we went to their place. Um, we had to we had injuries at the back. We had to play a lad, Elvid Evans or Elvid Edwards, as centre back, who never played. It was his debut. He never played again for us, and we lost one nil. I just remember being in this big, strange, dark stand thing and thinking, "This isn't the race course. This is weird." But yeah, <laughs> I don't remember much. I don't remember much about the game except I didn't like being surrounded by Shrewsbury fans and then being happy and me not being happy. But um, yeah, that's my my <laughs> yeah disappointing memory for, for Shrewsbury. That I think,
1: and it's quite strange. One of the even though it was the Welsh Cup, we had English teams playing in the Welsh Cup. Yeah, like Shrewsbury, Hereford. Um, for a bit. Then Manchester, Western. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Didn't, didn't Kidderminster play in it as well? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yes, did, yeah. So it was quite strange. We had you know English teams playing in the Welsh Cup, but it just added an extra few teams to the actual overall competition. But um yeah, I mean, Shrewsbury. You know, the atmosphere whenever you play Shrewsbury is fantastic. You know, they always bring a good following to Wrexham, and we we take a good following there, whatever we're well allocated. So it. It always adds to the game when you get a local derby with the atmosphere. You get a lot more singing, you get a lot more banter, and it just adds to the occasion with these local derbies. Uh,
0: and I'd say Shrewsbury is like a nice, healthy healthy uh, rivalry as well. Yeah. Uh, the the animosity, there's not really much animosity there. And I'd, I'd even argue I've been to Stockport, Port Vale and um, Luton Games that uh, have been a lot more feisty than the Shrewsbury game. So I think there's a really nice, healthy um local derby with Shrewsbury, and I, I really do hope we get to play and beat them again soon because them being in League they've been in League One for too long and we've been in the National League for too long. It'd be so nice to be playing them home and away again. But remember, Che, that since we
2: played them last, we've had the whole Sam Ricketts incident. So Yeah It may
0: may not be quite
2: so friendly.
1: Yeah, but uh, both, uh. yeah, but that wasn't our fault, guys. I mean Sam decided to go there because I guess it offers more money, you know. We we wanted him to stay at Wrexham and he was doing a pretty decent job at the time. And uh, we might blame them. Uh, pardon? We might
2: blame Shrewsbury for it though. I mean
1: oh, No, well, you know, after what he did there, you know, I'm happy he went there, you know. And yeah uh, and where yeah. we are today.
2: Oh, I'm sure both sides see him exactly the same now. No question. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting, your point, Neil, isn't it, about the Welsh Cup? Uh, You know, again, it's strange. Like I said, essentially, well, partly to make up numbers and partly, I suppose, the reason why we play in the English leagues, because football formed at an earlier time and, and, you know, unexpected traditions were established, like the English teams playing in the Welsh league. But yeah, it was so odd because then, of course, you could get into Europe in the you know in the sixties and seventies. You could qualify for Europe and the eighties and up to the mid nineties. Eventually, I'll get to the point. Um, you could get to, into Europe by winning the Welsh Cup, but not if you were an English team. So, like you said, Che, we played Hereford, we played Kidderminster in finals, lost them. Well, we lost to Hereford, but we still went into Europe as a result. Because wow. Herringford weren't allowed to represent England. And Way the on. same, I, I, I believe, applies for us <clears throat> as a quid pro quo. Were we to win the FA Cup, it's just a matter of time, then we would not be able to represent didn't, England did, in Europe. Is that right? No, did no Swansea win the League Cup, didn't they? And didn't they go to Europe? Did they? I Aye. thought there was a big stink about Cardiff being in a cup final.
1: Yeah, I can't remember them going into Europe, guys.
0: I I thought, yeah, Swansea played in Europe. They beat Villarreal, didn't they, away from home? And they won the League Cup against Bradford, didn't they? Fair
1: comments. I
2: could be wrong. I I, I could be wrong. I remember the stink. Maybe I don't remember the outcome because there were lots of people saying it's not fair that as we're not allowed in the Welsh Cup, it would mean that we can't qualify for Europe either way. I'm sure Cardiff played a cup final and were told they couldn't. Maybe they changed it after that, and I well, ignored that. <laughs> was it maybe because
0: uh, they won the League Cup and not the FA Cup? No, you're still representing the FA, aren't right? You? Okay, so um, oh, well, we have to have to check that out, don't we?
3: Because
0: they, de- Swansea, definitely qualified for Europe from yeah. from winning the League Cup. They must have changed it then, because it isn't yeah.
2: fair to not be able to qualify for Europe either way, is it? So, yeah, exactly. It is an odd situation we're in. The other thing I think when you said Kidderminster was I remember us playing them in the mid-80s in the final, two-legged final. And um, we won it at the airplace. We drew at the race course. But it was just an introduction into the world of non-league football. We were saying last week, weren't we, about players staying in the local area. Um, Kidderminster had two strikers. They were playing in the in, well, National League, where it is now. Um, Kim Casey and was it Paul Davis, and they were sensational. And Casey, if I remember he scored over 50 goals that season. Loads of clubs in the Football League, including us, were really keen to sign him, and he scored against us. But he had a good job. I think he, I remember what job he, had, but he had a decent job, and, and that's the thing, isn't it? It's different from full-time professional football. If he gives up his job and comes and signs a one-year contract with us and fails, he's now unemployed. So yeah. he didn't want to take that chance. So he kept his job and then his extra part-time pay at Kidderminster because he didn't want to go up into the football league because he'd be
0: taking the gamble with his livelihood. The, the, there's that player at Chelachie who's similar sort of thing in recent times, isn't there? Yes, he, um, he, oh, he, he was. Meant. He was a he was really high up in the fire service wasn't he or something along those lines that's it and Rex wanted to sign him didn't he but he's like no (laughs) I (laughs) get more money (laughs) from doing this so I'm like fair play to him yeah can't think for was it? Was his name Griffiths yeah because he scored we lost to clinically in that Welsh Cup didn't we yeah the year we went down and he scored twice yeah big old target man wasn't he yeah he was really good Griffiths was it yeah that's it yeah yeah. He was really good. Really good player. Yeah, he was, yeah. 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 <laughs> we didn't know we'd be talking about him today, did we? Yeah. We didn't <laughs> know we'd be talking about obscure footballers, but yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's I think that's all we've got to say about Shrewsbury, really. So
1: nice in two years' time to be playing Shrewsbury at a race course with 59,000 fans there, It'd be lovely, wouldn't
0: it? Mm. Paul Mullin scoring a hat trick, be lovely. Yeah.
2: <laughs> as long as it's not for Shrewsbury. <laughs> that Ricketts thing scarred me.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, you know they get bigger attendances apparently, according to Rickett. So don't don't, don't get me started on yeah. that. You know where that leads. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so on to Oldham on Saturday, Mark and Neil. It's a big, big game. Listen to it live on Rex and Player. After that, shortly after that, Mark will be releasing the Hot Take podcast, which is an immediate reaction to the podcast and uh, to the game, sorry. And then within the couple of days after that, there'll be the final whistle, which is a more of in-depth look at the game rather than what we do on here on Dragon Out, which is a bit more friends talking to each other. The final whistle is a in-depth look at the 90 minutes of what we've played home or away. And then, you know, we've got the triple A's that have just come out. If, you are, if you're looking for that fan experience and you can't get it because you live far away, look at that. And yeah, keep listening and looking at everything. Jay, remember highlights from ten thirty on the day of, of the game now. Of course, highlights from ten thirty, which is for me three years, five years, too late. <laughs> but but yeah, it's it's fantastic now that we got we'll have a quick talk about that. Highlights right after the game, Mark. That's brilliant news, isn't it?
2: It's fantastic, unless you're me. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I just agreed to start doing the highlights again. And uh, so I'm, I'm suddenly working against the deadlines. It does take hours editing that down. Now, to be fair, the people who've been recording the games for us um, sent the first half over separately, which that helps. So they've been very helpful. Um, it's going to be a challenge on Saturday in that it's an away game because I, I, I got the... It's all done with eh, 45 minutes to spare. I was quite pleased with myself, to be honest, on Saturday. But an away game is going to be a different challenge. And then there'll be other games where there's no BT highlights where we can put the highlights out immediately. I have no idea how I'm going to handle that, <laughs> but we'll, you know, we'll see.
1: And it was nice. The extended highlighted 20 minutes of the Tokyo game as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah. that That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, so please enjoy Mark's highlights. Enjoy, enjoy all the great stuff that we're putting out there. Uh, Every view, every listen, everything really does help. So, yeah, this has been Mark Griffiths, Neil Williams, and Che Long. This has been Dragonheart.